everyone. My name is Susan Taylor and welcome to the Family Source Surrogacy Podcast. We are so excited to be here and to share our stories with everyone out there. We started this podcast to discuss everything within the world of third-party reproduction. We hope by telling our stories, this podcast can inform, entertain, and educate our listeners about the ups and downs associated with starting a family with the help of an egg donor, a surrogate, or oftentimes both. This is the second episode of our first season where we talk to individuals who have been a surrogate before. We feel that each story is unique in their own way And we want to share with our listeners how different it is for everyone. This episode, I'll be talking to Catherine. Catherine is a mother of three children of her own and has just recently finished her first surrogate journey in 2020 and is rematched to do it all over again. We hope that by sharing Catherine's story with all of you, it will help answer some of the tough questions intended parents and would-be surrogates might have when thinking about their own surrogacy journey. A little more about me. As I mentioned, my name is Susan Taylor. I have been in third-party reproduction for about seven years, and I currently work for a third-party agency as a director of intake and match operations. I'm also a married mom with four little ones, and I've been a gestational surrogate twice for two different families. As well, I am a licensed home birth midwife in the DFW Texas area. Today's podcast is brought to you by Family Source Consultants. Family Source Consultants is a leading authority in third-party reproductive services. They've been helping create families in the United States and internationally since 2007. Having helped bring over 1,000 little babies into the world, it's their mission to make egg donation and gestational surrogacy a beautiful journey for everyone involved. Their team of experts work with individuals and couples from all walks of life wanting to create and expand their family. They provide a professional, personalized service to ensure that your experience is incredibly positive and fulfilling. One of the special things about Family Source Consultants is how many of their staff have personally experienced third-party reproduction. Their team includes former surrogates, egg donors, a licensed midwife, a social worker, and parents who have created their families through surrogacy or egg donation. Family Source Consultants provides their clients with an intimate understanding of what clients are going through and what they can expect. They are knowledgeable and passionate about helping you realize your dreams of having a family and will be there for you every step of the way. To learn more about Family Source Consultants, please visit their website at www. FamilySourceConsultants.com. Hi, Catherine. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. I am so excited to talk to you and hear about your journey and your upcoming journey and just to know more about you. Awesome. Yeah. So let's get started with just tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. So I, uh, live in Minnesota. I'm just south of the Twin Cities area. And I was born and raised in the Midwest. So born in Madison, Wisconsin, and then moved to Minnesota for school and never left. Uh, Love the Midwest. I have been married for 
13 and a half years and love my husband more than anything. He is incredible. Uh, we have three little boys ourselves. So we have uh, Lucas, who's nine and a half. And then we have twin boys, surprise, uh, that are six and a half. <laughs> Just what I always envisioned for my life. Um, <laughs> Not imagine. Yeah. Two I boys still at once. Kind, of, kind of in denial of the four boys that I live with, but that's okay. I think I'm stuck with them now. Uh, they're pretty awesome. So it's good. I just pretend I'm the queen of the house. Of course. Um, well, you are. Yeah, obviously. Uh, <laughs> so it's all sorts of fun. Um, but yeah, they, they keep us extremely busy and obviously even busier in this interesting past year, but, uh, but it's nothing but fun. Awesome. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of me. Cool. Well, obviously your pregnancies went well, because I can't imagine that you'd want to be a surrogate. Had they not been amazing? Were they easy? What, what about the, you know, tell me more about all, especially I want to hear about your twin pregnancy. <laughs> with the yeah. first. So I, yes, I loved being pregnant. I had incredibly easy pregnancies. Um, I was hardly even nauseous, let alone like the morning sickness thing did not exist for me. Um, so I consider myself extremely lucky, especially with the yeah. twins. Um, so yeah, the first one was super smooth. Um, I actually experienced an early miscarriage um, before I got pregnant with the twins, which I believe actually explains why I ended up getting pregnant with twins shortly thereafter. Uh, right. Things were all out of whack. So um, yeah, the I ended up having the exact same due date for my first as the twins, which is oh my God. <laughs> I know, like, what are the odds of that? But I mean, for better or for worse, since they were twins, they were born a month early. So their birthdays right. are a month apart. So it, I, yeah, all worked out, I guess. Uh, but no, the pregnancies were smooth. I didn't have a single complication with my first, um, with the twins. Um, I started, oh, how did it go? I started having some, um, like, I, I don't know. I started to get a little concerned at 32 weeks, but, mm -hmm. um, but I, everything was fine. And I was at home. I never got put on bed rest or anything, but I just started working from home instead of going into the office. Um, but everything was fine. And I ended up delivering them at 35 and a half weeks. That's amazing. Um, yeah. And they were, they were great. They did end up spending a few weeks in the NICU, but only because one of them was really small and the other one needed his brother, which here yeah. is the twin thing. It's just, it's yeah. And it's so cool. So, um, but yeah, they were great and I loved it. And, you know, we always talked about having two children. So clearly three was more than enough. Um, <laughs> you were definitely done growing uh, your family. Yes, we were. And yet, and, and obviously since we thought we were going to have two kids, it's not like I was like, but I want to be pregnant again to have another one. I, but they were so smooth and I missed being pregnant. And right. I thought maybe I was just dreaming that I always had thought about the whole surrogacy concept. But <laughs> when I actually went forward and had my like 
pre, you know, med clearance the first time, um, my OB was like, I remember you talking about this during your six week postpartum checkup after the twins. And I'm like, how funny after twins. (laughs) I clearly wasn't dreaming that it is something I always kind of wanted to do. And when we told my parents that we were going to move forward with it, my mom even said, I remember you talking about this. So again, like I confirmed that I wasn't just dreaming that I really wanted to do this. So, um, it took some convincing on my husband's part the first time. And I think when I had initially brought it up, he was, um, not necessarily on board. Um, but he actually has, um, a very close friend that he and his wife, um, were struggling. And I think it's the first time that it really um, hit him, what couples go through, what people go through and how lucky and incredibly blessed we were to have what we had. So I think that's really what changed his mind uh, Mm -hmm. to to get on board with the whole concept. So um, yeah. What were his biggest concerns do you feel like? Was, Was it the unknown? Was it a fear for you being pregnant again? delivering again emotionally that maybe you'd be too attached and you know what was what do you feel like was his biggest holdup my husband had holdups too so that's why I'm curious what your husband's was it was probably all of the above like I (laughs) I ever truly got out of him the specific things I think it was more of a foreign concept so really the unknown um And then again, like obviously everything went really smoothly for me, but uh, I will say that the twins, the delivery with the twins was a little scary um, just because I did end up (laughs) with the double whammy of I had one one way and one the other way, uh, which is less than ideal. uh, But so that I think that was a little scary, but I don't know that that was the deal breaker. I think it was probably more just the unknown. Um, But after experiencing that I (laughs) funny story I actually um didn't have him necessarily on board yet but I didn't really know how to answer his questions or how really to answer my own questions because I didn't exactly know what it all entailed so I filled out the application (laughs) why did I know that that's what you were going to say (laughs) (laughs) Uh, whoopsie but I, I did it so that I could get a better sense for what all yeah. involved. And once I did that and FSC reached out and said, great, we'd like to do an interview. I went, oh, I should probably get my husband. <laughs> so that's when I talked to him and said, listen, let's do the interview. Or would you do the interview with me? Ask all the questions you want. And if you are not 100% on board, we won't move forward. But yeah. I'd rather have the chance to ask questions and actually get a good feel and a a better idea of what it all entails before we just say no. Right. So luckily he did that and got on board. I think he was still pretty hesitant, but Mm -hmm. um, I, and I, I don't know. Do you want me to go into that whole journey as well? Oh yeah. We definitely want to talk about that. I was going to say that I feel like my husband was hesitant until that baby was earth side in his his parents' arms. And then he was like, oh, okay. That was cool. (laughs) Like that went well. 100%. Yep. (laughs) That is completely it. And, and that is the reason why we are on journey number two. Thanks to that moment 
in the birthing room. I mean, that that's it. Yep. That is the moment. So it is the moment. Yeah. So can you remember? So you've been thinking about being a surrogate for a while. What what was it that made you want to be a surrogate? Was there any specific thing that happened? You hear about it? Was you know, was it just seeing others who struggled with infertility? Do you know when that moment was for you that you're like, you know what? I want to be a surrogate. I am trying to remember because I don't. I didn't ever know anyone that was one. Mm -hmm. I clearly had thought about it before. Maybe, and maybe I am dreaming that it was before I had the twins. Obviously it was after I had the twins that I talked to my OB about it. But um, obviously while I was pregnant with the twins, I, well, not obviously, but when I was pregnant with the twins, I joined a mothers of multiples group in the area, which is this, the group is absolutely incredible. Like I can't say enough wonderful things about them, but there, I, I joined when I was, you know, a few months pregnant and got to know some of the people. And there was one woman who used a surrogate to get her twins. Oh, wow. Now, now I don't know that I really knew that much though, before I had my own, like, I'm trying to remember when I learned that about her. Right. So I don't know if that was a trigger or if it was just that I loved being pregnant and you can't really be pregnant and not end up with more of your own children unless you go about (laughs) it a very unique way, which (laughs) kind of might be the only one. Right. um, I did know uh, the reason I ended up applying was someone in our group, um, in our mother's multiples group, had gone through the interview process with FSC mm-hmm. and um, tried moving forward. I don't think it was ever successful for her, but she had posted on our group that FSC was looking for surrogates and egg donors. And that's okay. what got me hooked up with FSC. So well, yay, yay for her. I know, I know. <laughs> um, yeah. So hopefully, uh, hopefully she knows how appreciative I am. Right. Um but that's, that's kind of how that got started. So I'm not sure exactly when the, like, you know, little, little, uh, mind piece decided that surrogacy was something I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know for yeah. certain, but it's it interesting to me that some people can, you know, go back to like, I saw this happen, like with our last guest, she knew she saw it on TV, watching the news. Okay. And saw something about surrogates and was like, oh my gosh, I want to do that. And then it was years later that she ended up becoming a surrogate because her husband wasn't supportive. Um, So funny that that seems to be a common thing, I think, just because they just don't know and they worry about us. Um, But I also just don't think that that men talk about that stuff and they don't hear about it. They don't have outlets like women do to discuss that kind of thing. So again, I mean, again, after being part of the Mothers Multiples group, I heard endless stories of infertility, right? And struggle and difficulties. And it's that one friend that my husband has. I guarantee you there's more friends of his that have been through things that we don't know about. But that one friend was the reason. And they're still trying to adopt. And it's been three, four, five, five years. Wow. uh, so So actually before I was able to move forward with this journey, he reached out to his friend to confirm a hundred percent that they didn't want us to help them. Oh, and he, I love that. And he kind of dragged his feet on our match 
confirmation <laughs> because of that. And I'm like, yeah. I need to let these poor people know if we're not poor right. or not. Because it's not about them. It's about my friend. And I'm like, I get right. it. But... Oh, <laughs> so, that's so sweet though that he thought about that and that, you yes. know, he was passionate enough about it that he wanted to help them. 100%. And I can't fault him for that at all. And I, we would have been thrilled. I mean, this friend was in our wedding. I mean, they're very, oh. so it, I, I, my heart aches for them that they're still yeah. struggling. But, um, but those are the stories where you say there are other people like that out there. There are other right. people that need us because they are struggling and they don't have any other options. And and it's amazing to me that that we can do that for them, that I can do mm-hmm. that for them. So it, it's incredible. And I'm not getting any younger. So, you know, this probably <laughs> will be my last journey, unfortunately. But oh. uh, but we're going to go out with a bang, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) So outside of knowing the moms in your mom's group that had to, the mom that needed to use a surrogate, did you have any other general knowledge about surrogacy or was that meeting with FSC for that first time? Like what, you know, and, and for our listeners, FSC, uh, Family Source Consultants, it's a, one of the leading um, surrogacy agencies in the country. Um, just so, you know, we talk in acronyms. So I think in general, in yes. surrogacy, in this world, we talk in acronyms. So, um, but was, was that meeting with family source? Was that really where you learned the most about it? Did you, you know, what, what was your knowledge about surrogacy? Did you know the difference between, for me, I didn't even know like there was traditional and gestational and that there was, you know, it was just, yeah, surrogate is all I really knew. Right. Um, Yes, I did not have a ton of knowledge other than the basics of what it meant. Um, So no, that was really where I learned more. And that's why I did the application. It's like, I didn't know what I didn't know. And that's why I wanted to kind of fill that out and see what all it entailed and have that interview just to understand what the process looked like. And honestly, I still don't know that I could wrap my head around it until I went through it. Right. obviously I was confident enough in the process and, and the, again, the reputation of family source consultants and how long you've been around and mm-hmm. that it was referred to by someone who I trusted. Um, those all, you know, led to the confidence that I had in how it would go. Um, right. but I also will say that I apparently just have, a a a lucky streak when it comes to this kind of thing that I've had such smooth processes in my own and and with the um the baby that I carried I mean it's I've been incredibly blessed by all of all of the pregnancies and uh deliveries that I've been through that's so awesome so so you had the interview Mm -hmm. and your husband's now on board (laughs) (laughs) So what next? So then it was going through profiles and I'll tell you, I never, I, I, again, very grateful. I never had to do the whole like online dating thing. (laughs) (laughs) I can only imagine it's somewhat similar and yet I know football game. Uh, So it, um, it was really interesting. I think based on timing, we really only went through two different um, profiles and ended up getting matched with that second one. Um, and but it was it, it was exciting and mm-hmm. uh, having that interview with them, you know, before we were officially matched and kind of finding out if 
if they liked you and if you liked them <laughs> again kind of it whole, is like, totally you. like it's like blind dating yes, it really is it is um, <laughs> and that they're just as nervous and anxious as you are um right so it it, it was really it was really special. I feel like we, we hit it off and connected with them right away, which I think helped my husband feel better about the whole thing too. Um, yeah. So then that meeting went well and then all of the, you know, appointments and, you know, the legal stuff and Mm -hmm. all of the stuff you have to check off the list in order to move forward. And it's a long list. It's a long list and (laughs) there's a lot of hurry up and wait, hurry up and wait, but it really went extremely smoothly. I mean, we, I can't remember the exact date. I filled out the application either the end of September or beginning of October. We were matched by November. I had pre-medical clearance in December. We did legal in January and I had my transfer mid-March. That's, um, that's an incredibly smooth journey. <laughs> like it, nothing could have gone smoother, really. Yeah. Um, it was, it, it was crazy. It just everything lined up. Everything was smooth. Everything took the first time. I think we went back and forth on legal once. I mean, it, it, everything was so, so smooth. That's amazing. Did you have anything, any specific criteria that you're hoping for when you're matching? I know with your first journey, it's kind of hard to even know what your criteria is. Did you, did you want somebody, you know, that was close to you and local, or did you have a preference in that? Yeah, I think I I left a lot of that up to my husband too, but I think we were, I mean, we were looking for a domestic couple just for ease of, you know, travel or being able to see them and them seeing us and whatnot. Um, And I mean, we did look for a heterosexual couple. Again, it just felt like we understand our lives so we could like, I don't know, understand them a little bit better, understand Mm -hmm. what we were about to, you know, embark upon uh, parenthood. And so I think we just kind of went with that. And, you know, again, I, when we were filling that out, it's like, we didn't really know what that meant as far as ranking all of those different things. Right. Um, I did say that I was open to, uh, to one or two embryos for transfer. Um, They happened to only want one, um, which was fine with me. And again, it all worked out. Um, But as far as other criteria, I mean, that was kind of all I really knew, um, you know, that was, that was, I don't know, important to us or right. that, that, that we had any say in. That's interesting. That was actually something I was going to ask you that I was so curious about with your first journey, if you were open to doing a double embryo transfer, which means transferring two embryos, which typically means two babies. Um, after carrying twins, I was wondering if you were like, oh no, I'm going to stick to one or if you were open to two. Yeah, I was open to two. I think I'm like, (laughs) oh, been there, done that. Like I could do it again. Yeah. I guess, you know, at that point you're like, I I know it, I did it. It was fine. So like, I've got all the clothes that go up to, you know, 90 times the size like that I currently am. (laughs) I mean, you know, whatever. Uh, and I already have the support system of, you know, the mother's multiples. And, um, so yeah, I was open to it, but I will say that when we decided to do it again, I said one was probably fine. Again, I'm I'm getting a little bit older and after, you know, this will be, you know, the fourth 
pregnancy, um, I'm like one's probably sufficient, which yeah. <laughs> I will say is sometimes then harder to find people that want to work with you because a lot of people going through this process want to transfer more than one embryo just because of the risks and the, the odds and mm-hmm. the cost and yeah. all of the things, right? Yeah. So, um, so I was glad that, that we were able to find a couple that was completely happy with one, um, one embryo transfer, a single embryo transfer. That's awesome. So with them being domestic and it being easy for them to um, be a part of the journey, were they at a lot of the appointments? They come to, you know, just the big things, all of them? Yeah. So, so although domestic, um, California to Minnesota, not like, you know, a drivable. (laughs) Might as well not be domestic. That's a pretty regular. Yeah, exactly. So, but they did, um, I went, obviously I went there for medical screening mm-hmm. and I got to meet them during that appointment. And then, um, I went there again for the transfer with my husband and they came to the transfer. Oh, I love that. I know. I know. It was so much fun. And then and when do I get to travel with my husband alone? That was like a huge right. <laughs> <laughs> overnight. Um, then, uh, they came to Minnesota for the first heartbeat confirmation. So I believe that was at somewhere between seven and nine weeks. Uh, they came to Minnesota for that. And then they also came again um, for the 20 week ultrasound, which was wow. super fun. Yeah. Um, and actually uh, as luck would have it, um, since it was just the one baby and now they can do, I mean, this is again, cause when I had my kids, this wasn't an option, but now right. that they can do the, the gender uh, confirmation with the blood work at what is it, right. 14 weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually going to be in California for work like a week and a half after that appointment. And so I offered to do a gender reveal for them. And so they, I know it was so, it was like the best thing ever that I got to do that. So basically (laughs) they gave the doctor called them with all of the blood work results, but didn't tell them the gender, but then the doctor got a hold of me and told me the gender. So then when I was out in California, uh, we met up and I bought some of those like confetti cannons Yeah. and we went to a park and they have a good friend that's a photographer. So they him and his wife joined and we did the gender reveal and then had dinner afterwards and it was so fun so and I brought them more ultrasound pictures and all that kind of stuff I love that so was it a boy or a girl it was a boy oh and it was funny (laughs) you just carry boys I think I'm telling you I probably like have all these smooth pregnancies because they're boys. If I ever get pregnant with a girl, I'm probably going to be like on a deathbed. I don't know. (laughs) But yes, I am destined to only carry boys. That is my lot in life. Uh, (laughs) Well, you have to remain the queen. So I guess, I guess I don't want to have to like pass off a tiara to anyone. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) But um, so yeah, so we saw them and California then they were here then I was there then they were here for the 20 week ultrasound and then um then we didn't see them again I guess until they flew out so I was due on December 5th and so they flew out here on Thanksgiving and so that was like 
oh, what was that a week or I think it was a week before I was due. Mm-hmm. So they actually flew in the night before Thanksgiving. So on Thanksgiving, they actually came over to my brother's house and had Thanksgiving with my, my parents were out of town, but oh. um, my sister's family, my brother's family and my family, obviously. And they were just, yeah. they were part of the family for Thanksgiving. That so year. sweet. It was so nice. And it was, it was really fun having them there. And, yeah. um, and they had to deal with Minnesota weather. Of course, it was like treacherous that are <laughs> on Thanksgiving. And uh, so then they just, they had rented a place for our, for the month, I think, like through New Year's. And so they were just hanging out until it was time. So they came to, um, I had like another appointment a couple days later, just a general checkup. So they came to that. Um, and then when the due date came and went. I was like, I've never actually gone to my due date for any of my kids. Like I had my first like two days before my due date. And then obviously the twins were a month early. So uh, I was like, I don't understand this going all the way to my due date. Like I just didn't anticipate it. But that's okay. It's time. It's time, little guy, to go meet your family. I'm like, they are here. They are waiting. They were just taking walks around all the lakes in Minneapolis. (laughs) Only so much you can do. Um, But they were they were embracing it, and they were troopers. And uh, finally, one night, my water broke, and so they met us at the hospital. And it was a much longer labor than I anticipated, but the hospital was so accommodating and they got them their own recovery room before we were in recovery so that they could sleep while I, you know, labored slowly at night. And it was incredible. They were in the room for the delivery. So was my husband. They just kind of stood back and stood against the wall and waited until that moment. And then they swooped in and life changed forever. And the most amazing thing. It is. And I say that all the time, like the moment you see them hold their baby, it's, it's why surrogates do. I I don't know very many surrogates who do it once because when they have that moment, uh, who doesn't want to do that again and again and again and again? I mean, it's just... It's There's just the most better. incredible moment. I tell people, I'm like, it rivals seeing my babies for the first time, seeing That's them see their just babies. Say. And it's it, like, if not even more impactful, but yet impossible because it's, yeah. you know, but it's just, it's different and it is, it's, it's incredible. And yeah. to this day, my husband still feels that too. Oh, I love yeah. that. How long did they stay after the delivery? And did you guys get to still spend time together and spend time with the baby before they went home? Yeah. So they were very cautious about germs because it's Minnesota in December and I have three right. little boys. So they, they were a little cautious, but I did get to see him a couple times and I brought them, I actually pumped, uh, while they were in town and I brought them breast milk. Um, so that was really nice. And so I got to see him a couple times and then they left on it was either, I think like the day before New Year's Eve or something like that. So they stayed, um, he was born December 7th and they stayed. So it was about three weeks um, oh, that's nice. after that. So that way they weren't flying with, you know, a brand new newborn. They were nervous mm-hmm. about that as well. So they were able to take some time to just be and get used to the non-routine and, um, right. So we did end up going up there, you know, a day or two before they left. And we did big family pictures of all of us together. My boys love holding babies. So they were all over it. Um, It was pretty cute. So we have kept in touch. We kind of 
would text once a month. She'd send updated pictures and we FaceTimed on his birthday. And that was super fun. Um, so it's just cool, but they are yeah. busy. They've got their new life. And um, I mean, what a year to have an infant. <laughs> Yeah. For better or for worse, they right. have a lot more time with him. I was going to say, you get lots of baby cuddles. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they're, they're extremely happy and, oh, you know, so great sweet. also. It is. It's really cool. So did you continue pumping? I saw, you know, you said you pumped for him. Like, is it, did you continue afterwards and ship to him or, you know, yeah. just donate they to just, anybody or? They decided that they didn't want me to ship it out there, just cost, and they yeah, were fine a lot. So I continued to pump until, I think I pumped until like two months or a little over two months after. Um, I never was a cow when it came to right. milk production, unfortunately, even with my twins. I mean, that was an epic struggle. So it almost, I really wanted to do it because it's good for the body. It's good for mm -hmm. you. Um, so I was all for it, but when it was not coming easily and, uh, not very fun, uh, our family actually had a trip to Disney planned for oh. mid February, right before the world shut down. Okay. And, uh, and so I was like, you know what? I don't need to bring this pump to Disney with me. So done. Yeah. So I called it at that point. Um, so it was just over two months that I pumped. Wow, um, that's amazing. And I donated the milk. I put a message out on our mother's multiples page just to see who needed some because there's always people who need yeah, it. For so sure. I was able to donate it. And then I that's even so gave some to a friend of mine who was due a couple months after me. So she was like, I would love to have it on hand just for when she's born. So she was oh. grateful. So, you know, the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. <laughs> and a full circle, you know, to be able to, yeah. you know, help grow a family and then help, you know, nourish other babies for a while. And, you know, for and sure. it does, it helps, you know, your, a woman's body heal um, yeah. postpartum. And so I think it's great when you can be able to continue pumping, you know, just for a little while, it's, it's, it's mm -hmm. a lot of work. So it there's is. people that pump for a year afterwards. I'm like, wow, that's, yeah. I can't even imagine. No, I never got anywhere near that amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, especially because I went back to work. I do work full time yeah. normally out of the house or outside of the house. Um, and, you know, I went back to work after six weeks. And so I was pumping at work. I'm like, ugh, yeah. over it. I was just yeah. over it at that like point. Yeah. I did my part. I'm done. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So now you're on to a second journey. Yes. And you're matched again. Yes. Did you change any besides wanting to move from I'll, I'm open to doing two embryos to one embryo? Did you change anything else about your matching criteria the second time around? I don't know if we changed our criteria, but there wasn't a domestic couple, uh, I believe, or there were more international couples mm -hmm. to do a single embryo transfer. So yeah. we did get matched with an international couple this time, which, um, which we're super excited about. That's awesome. Where do they live? So they actually live in Mexico city. So it's funny. Uh, they're still in the same time zone that we are, even though they're international versus wow. California being two hours different. So yeah, communication will be easier. <laughs> right? How crazy. And I mean, and being in Mexico city, that's, you know, I mean, 
Gosh, yeah, that's not really just, that's just as far as being in California. So exactly. you, they should still be able to be really involved in the journey and completely um, totally a part of it. Are you yeah. so excited for a second one? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I just actually had my, uh, one of my exams today. So we're just moving things along as fast as we can and getting things so done. So any, all um, any pending date for the transfer? No, not yet. So I think based on my uh, results today, then we'll be able to move forward and get everything scheduled. Yeah. So just anxiously awaiting all of that. So exciting. Are you nervous at all about possibly being pregnant during a pandemic? Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, yes and no, I should say. I'm not yeah. necessarily nervous about myself assuming, but that's assuming everything goes smoothly, right? right? There's all those like, well, yeah, if it's anything like my past ones, no big deal. Right. But then there's the what ifs. And I, I would hate for, you know, the couple that we're matched with to not be able to attend something because of right everything being shut down. So those are the things that I'm nervous about. Um, I'm not nervous about my care. I'm not nervous that my husband can't come with me to everything because he wouldn't anyway, you know, right. I, I'm fine with all of that. Um, I did, that was one of my questions to my OB today was what does the vaccine look like if I'm pregnant or trying to get pregnant? Um, you know, there's, there's a lot, a lot to consider. Mm -hmm. Um, but the making a family shouldn't be on hold because of a pandemic. So it's going to look different than the last one. Um, but I'm hoping that we're also in a spot where things are going to start to open up a little bit, especially yeah. with the vaccine. Um, yes. I'm hopeful that the, the couple actually, um, she mentioned having a cousin either in Nebraska or Idaho, and she was like, I'll just go live with them if I need to, so that I can travel and yes. or whatever, just so that it's not an international flight every time she needs to, um, you know, attend right. something. So I think there's options. I think there yeah. are, um, I mean, the nice thing is I'm super close to an international airport. Chicago's an international airport. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, the traveling here or to Chicago is, is easy, um, depending on where they're coming from. So right. hopefully, you know, I, you take it all with a grain of salt and, and well, yeah. that well, I think when you become a surrogate, you know, you, oh. you have very little control over most, like you can control who you match with and all that. And then the rest of it's just kind of like, it is what it is. And exactly. just kind of roll out the way it does and you have to roll with it. And, um, yeah. like I always say, you expect the unexpected with surrogacy and I mean, right. and now with the pandemic. <laughs> yes, exactly. But well, I mean, I, at least it's not, you know, I feel for people who, you know, were having their first children during this and like, you know, got pregnant before all of it. And then all right. of a sudden, I mean, I, I, I feel for like, if that had been my first experience with being pregnant and having a, yeah. a baby, I, I mean, it's so unfortunate. And yet I, know. I could imagine it can always be worse. <laughs> can it can always be worse and and like you said I hope we're heading towards you know some healing and vaccines being rolled out more quickly and getting to a place where um yeah this hopefully this pandemic just starts calming down and right. things come back to a little bit of normalcy although I feel like I said that last spring like oh by this summer there'll be normalcy oh by the fall there'll be yeah. by next year cool, for sure it'll be normal, it'll be normal. Yeah. oh my gosh but <laughs> so. But when you think about it, I mean, by the time everything goes, 
odds of me having this baby less than a year from now are pretty low. So one would hope that things will look different a year from now. Yeah. I think so. And Here's to you 20, know, even our surrogates who are delivering now and that delivered in, I, in the heart of the pandemic, you know, right in the middle there last spring and in, in the summertime, mm-hmm. you know, their intended parents were able to come over. They were able yeah. to be at the hospital. In most, most cases, um, at least one of them were able to be there when the baby was born and yeah. able to take their babies home and travel internationally. And it all went surprisingly well, um, you know, thankfully, and, right. you know, we still were able to make those matches and have surrogates go for their embryo transfers. And some things looked a little bit different, but, um, you know, we still made it all work. And so exactly. I'm sure by the time you're ready to l- deliver, everything will be much better. And both your intended parents will be there. And I'm just going to put that out there for you. Yeah. Everything <laughs> goes <you>. perfectly. <laughs> right. Right. If I, if I speak it, then it's going to happen. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to will it to happen. (laughs) Well, Catherine, we wish you the best on this next journey. And we are just so appreciative that you were able to join us today and share about your journey. And I'm definitely going to want you back on when um, this next journey is over to share about that one. And if anything looked different and I just look forward to talking to you again and following this journey. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye. Okay. That was great. I wanted to say thank you to Catherine for joining us today. It was so great to hear her story and to share it with all of you. If anyone out there has a story related to surrogacy or third-party reproduction that they would like to share on the Family Source Surrogacy podcast, please email info at familysourceconsultants.com. We are going to be doing one of these every couple of weeks, so please make sure to find us on Spotify or familysourceconsultants.com. Until next time, bye. Bye.